As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Eagle Eye Podcast. I'm Ruben Frank with Dave Zangara. What's going on, Dave? How's it going? I'm well. How was your weekend? It was good. My birthday was on Sunday. Ah, how'd you celebrate? Well, hopefully no one sends me <laughs> musical albums like you told them to. I, I, I thought, you know, so your love of musicals is well documented. It was, uh, it was a nice birthday gesture. I got you a Guys and Dolls 8-track. Great. That's, I mean, it doesn't matter what format it's in. I'm not going to listen to it. So it might as well be an 8-track. Not even Guys and Dolls? Not even. It was a nice birthday, though. I, I kind of relaxed. Went out to dinner with my parents. They wanted to take me out to dinner. So that was good. Where'd you go? Went to, uh, it's a seafood restaurant in Burlington called uh, The Blue Claw. Okay. Ever been there? It's pretty good. Um I enjoy it. It's one. Of my, I, we, it's like it's become like a weird tradition. It's one of those places where they have like the, they put the paper on the table, no tablecloths, and you just kind of dig in. They have the uh, the paper towel rolls on the table. I like that. Yeah, me too. I don't need frills. Just no. give me good food. Yeah, just pile it on and uh, give me a roll of paper towels and. That's all I needed. And yeah. settle up. How was your weekend? Good. Uh, all good. Yeah, I was actually back in Burlington County myself. I was at. Uh, I went to a concert in Bordentown at the Randy Now's Man Cave. And actually, What's that? is that a bar or is that a? No, it's a record store, and Robin Hitchcock oh, really? played there. It was incredible. That's cool. Yeah, it was, so it was fun. And Bordentown's yeah, back, way up there. Back to Bordentown's really nice now. Is it? There's like, have you been, been to Bordentown well. lately? No, I haven't. We're we're both former Burlington County Times guys. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, when I had a game in, in Bordentown, I it would I would hate it because I'd have to get back by deadline. It was before we had like Wi-Fi everywhere, <laughs> and it's like the farthest you can get in the county, and still have a game. That's probably true. Yeah. So we just got back from the NovaCare Complex a few minutes ago. We spoke with Zach Ertz, Jason Kelsey, and Carson Wentz. Uh, today's the first day of organized team activities, first day of school as a couple well, of guys. Well, it's, it's the first day of their workout program. OTAs don't start until Well, it's May. not an OTA, but it's the first day yeah. they're allowed in the building, and you know they can talk to their coaches. and It's really the kind of figurative first day of the season. It is, yeah, and it's, the rules are so stringent. Yeah. About what they can do. It's all laid out in the CBA. Basically, right now, they can do strength and conditioning and nothing else, really. They can study on their own. They can meet for – they're only allowed to be there for two hours a day in a, in a sanctioned manner. So it's all really stringent. The real practices don't begin until May 21st. Uh, and we'll see if Carson Wentz well, is let's talk participating about by Carson then. Wentz spoke to us and said he's doing well. He's doing some running. He's doing some throwing. But then added that he his back hasn't fully healed. Um, it's it's still getting there. You know, it's still getting there. Some of this stuff just takes time, and um, but that's not really the, the main concern. It's just kind of how I feel, and, and we're I feel pretty good with where I'm at. Well, what's your level of concern? It's it's look. It's not time to hit the panic button. But I mean, this is remember when Doug Peterson first talked to us on December fourteenth and said Carson Wentz had a stress fracture, he said it was a three-month recovery. And theoretically, that starts before then because Carson hadn't played. Um, but even if that was the day to start the clock... It's been or, four months. It's been over four months. And if he's not ready, he says his goal is still to be ready by OTAs. If that happens, we, we made too big a deal of this. It was nothing. But if he's not on the field to start OTAs, then you start to raise your eyebrows because that's now five months. Over five months. Yeah, and if it's really a stress fracture, five months is plenty of time for it to heal. And mm -hmm. he seemed confident he'd be at OTAs. He did. He did. And he seemed confident throughout the offseason when we talked to him about a month or so ago. He seemed confident. Doug Peterson, when I talked to him at the owners' meetings just a couple of weeks ago, he seemed confident. But it is a little troubling if the back isn't fully healed by this point. And it's also – I mean, this is – you know, I love Doug Peterson, but Doug Peterson, when Carson, when he initially told us about Carson's injury, 
he poo-pooed it like it was he was missing practice that day. Yeah. Uh, so this is something that I, I think when – and this is true of every sports team. This is just the nature of sports. When they talk about injuries, you just don't know what to believe. Look at the Sixers and Joel Embiid's load management, which turned into – Yeah. He's got bad knees, which uh, – so you, you really never know what to think. My gut feeling is Carson's going to be fine. I mean, we're still well out from opening day from all that, but uh, a, a big theme of this offseason has been that Carson's going to have a full set of OTAs and, and preseason games and work with the new, you know, with Deshaun, who's new, and, and Jordan Howard, who's new here, and uh, just getting that work that he missed last year because he was rehabbing the knee and he wasn't practicing other than some seven on sevens. So until we see him out there and he's full go, it's a concern. Yeah, and I mean, I think we all have a reason to be somewhat skeptical. Um, In this city, especially, you mentioned the Sixers. I mean, the Eagles have done this a little bit too with with some mystery around their injured players, specifically Carson Wentz. And you're right. I mean, this was supposed to be the offseason where he's just a full go. He's out there for OTAs and he's out there for training camp. And you mentioned Deshaun Jackson. He's the one I really think Carson Wentz needs to have that time with. A deep threat like that, it's just all about timing. And you can't form that talking to a guy. You have to be on the field with him. And I know this is early, and I'm not telling everyone to panic. Don't panic just yet. But pay te- <laughs> Don't panic yet. Don't panic yet. And that's the key. Pay attention to it because um, it's something it's, – it's relatively a small deal right now. But if he's not out there by the start of OTAs, it's time to worry a little bit, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair. The fact that he's doing some running and throwing is encouraging. Good signs outside of the back's not fully healed. Yeah. And if he was concerned, I think we would have – that would he would have let that on somehow, and he really did not seem concerned. He didn't. He and kept saying how happy he is with where he's at. And it's funny if you were to just watch his body language from his little press session, you would have walked away thinking he was totally fine. It's not until you go back and listen to what he said, and you go, "Well, wait a second. He he's all he said was uh, you were taking it week by week, and the back's not fully healed." And you start to say, "Well, that that doesn't quite paint the same picture as his demeanor did." Was it troubling to you that he came in on crutches? <laughs> Stop it. It's just a joke. Stop it. No, no crutches. No, he did. He looked good. Yeah, and he did, again, say the knee feels better now than it did. When he played. When he played. And he, yeah. he said that before, but it's going to keep feeling better and better the, the further away from that injury and the surgery he gets. Um, that That's what was missing to me last year. That was the biggest element. He just didn't have the explosion off of that knee, and it just takes time. It's been 16 months now mm-hmm. since the knee, and I, I still think we're going to see a a healthy, productive Pro Bowl-type Carson Wentz this year. I do too. I mean, as long as he's on the field, which is always the biggest question mark, yeah. uh, but I think he's going to start the season healthy. Yeah. Uh, Zach Ertz talked a lot about Carson, uh, just spoke, spoke so high. We're used to guys speaking highly of him, but um, he kind of – you know, poo-pooed the whole injury-prone thing and said, you know, hey, you know, the, the injuries that happened to him could happen to anybody. It's not like he's injury-prone. And I think, you know, we're going to be hearing that all year, but he's got to prove it. He's, he's got to go out it. there and do it. Yeah, and, and Carson knows that. He It was kind of funny. Early in this press conference, I asked him, I think it was the fourth question in, I asked him about any restrictions, and he goes, you know, I, I didn't know we were going to talk about this the whole time. Like, hold on. Yes, you do. You've been here long enough to know this is the deal. You're the franchise quarterback. You have an injury, and we're not. We're only four questions in now. Yeah. I mean, you know better than that. And you know, he said, "I, I, I know. I, I understand." You know, we asked him about uh, just the injury-prone tag. He said, "I get it. I, I understand that, and I've got to prove that that's not the case." And that's yeah. that's really what this year is all about. Yeah, and I think to me, I, I can't speak for him, but if it were me, that would be the most frustrating part because you want to prove it. And you want to prove it right now, but you, you just can't. There's no way to do it right now. It's all about the long game. And unfortunately for him, he can even start the season healthy. I mean, even if he plays the whole year, does he completely shed that? I mean, Jordan Hicks played a full season, and then he came back the next year and got hurt again. I, I think this is something that he's got to prove over the long haul. And it, it, it doesn't happen in a few months or a year. It, it's just... Overall, the body of work, he just has to stack these seasons. Right. We were talking about Russell Wilson. Today. Never missed a Guy's game. Guys never missed a game. Yeah. And it's not like he's sitting in the pocket not moving. 
No, and a lot of those guys, I mean, Drew Brees hasn't missed a game since he was in San Diego. Yeah. I think. Uh, Eli. Even Eli with Eric Flowers blocking for him hasn't missed a game. <laughs> he missed the one game he got benched, yeah. uh, but hasn't missed a game with an injury. And I think the way the game and the rules are really more protecting quarterbacks than ever now, uh, you should be able to play 16 games. You should be able to stay healthy. I mean, the number of quarterbacks that play 16 games, I think last year was more than half the QBs in the league. I mean, Phillip Rivers has never missed a game. Yeah. Uh, you go on and on. That's why these guys can play into their mid-30s. And, you know, I don't think Brady's missed a game since he missed the one year when, uh, you know, he missed the whole season. But it's, you know, that's the expectation now. And that's, you know, that's where he's got to be. You're right. It can't be just this year. It's got to be something you prove over your career. Yeah, and we'll see. That's the hardest part for everyone involved because we just don't know. And and there's going to be that worry. There's always going to be that worry. I still think the back is related to the knee. I, I'm, I'm convinced I of it. I do too. And and I, I tend to get the sense that Carson thinks that too. He can't say that because no one can know for sure, but it, it sure makes some sense to me. Yeah. You just because you you, you you favor something when when you're hurt that bad, mm-hmm. it's just natural. Your body does that. That's why you have compensatory injuries. It's a I mean it's a it's a major thing in sports medicine. Get so. anything else from Carson? No. <laughs> I thought I mean him talking about Deshaun I thought was interesting. Yeah, he was beaming talking about Deshaun. He was pretty excited, and he brought up a good point. He last year around this time he was mentioning how Mike Wallace was going to be the fastest guy he ever played with. And he never played with him because Mike got hurt early and Carson wasn't playing yet. Uh, so, I mean, the fastest guy he's ever played with is probably Nelson or, I mean, but Nelson's an insult. The fastest outside receiver, probably Torrey Smith. Yeah. Bryce Treggs, maybe. <laughs> Shelton Gibson. It drops off pretty quick. When, it, when you're talking about pure speed, it's probably Bryce Treggs. Yeah. But, Not yeah. anymore. It's it's going to be Deshaun pretty soon. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch those two uh, hook up. I mean, the fact that Deshaun led the NFL in yards per catch at 31 and was the third time, was the fourth time in his career, and he's done it for three different teams. That's it's unbelievable. And, and, you know, the subtext, we, you know, Kelsey and, and Ertz uh, played with Deshaun, and they were both asked about Deshaun, and you could just see them – you could just see them, and they, they can't say anything about Chip, but you could just see them thinking, what was he doing? <laughs> Why did we get was... rid of this guy? What are we thinking? In fact, I, I, I think it was one of them, I think it was Kelsey, said, you know, as, when, when we lost him, we lost a dimension to our offense that we never really replaced. Yeah, and Ertz said, you know, Macklin gave us a little bit of that in 14, and that was Jeremy Macklin's best year of his career, but it wasn't Deshaun Jackson. It wasn't the same. It was close, that one year, especially the first half of the it year. It was good. It wasn't Deshaun. It wasn't that that kind of threat. It just wasn't. It was close. It, yeah, it wasn't. He wasn't Deshaun. It was close. He had a great year. I mean, he was. It was a great year, but he wasn't Deshaun. That's fair. But you know, he he catches. I mean, he he runs more routes than Deshaun too. I mean, he's catching. I'm a not lot saying of he didn't have a better stuff. season. I'm just saying that element wasn't the that same. That dimension's not there. Yeah, Kelsey was really interesting talking about his injuries. Talking about, I love that you know I I hound these guys for months to find out what's wrong with them, and then a few months later when the season's over and they're they're sitting and lounging, they're going, oh yeah, by the way, yeah, and here's by the, the way, laundry list. J- Jason Kelsey just kind of revealed. Uh, and, and it was in the context of talking about the decision whether to play again that he played last year with a broken foot, and we knew something was wrong with him because we saw him limping around all the time, but he wouldn't talk about it uh, because he's a proud guy. He's never he's not going to make an excuse. Out of anybody in that locker room, he's yeah. just not going to do and that. And especially for a lineman, I mean, guys can target you Yeah, inside like that. He had an elbow injury that required a brace, uh, and he had a, a, a grade 2 MCL sprain. Which is insane. If I had a grade 2 MCL sprain, I wouldn't be able to walk up the stairs to get into this studio. Oh, that'd be kind of nice. <laughs> but it was he said it was all on the left side. It was all, all these things were – it was left ankle, left knee, left elbow. He said the whole left side of my body was – Basically he, had a bionic left side of his body. But how many snaps did he miss? Yeah. Uh, what, what it's unbelievable. Warrior. And he said that – and, you know, it was a little bit made at the end of last year that he was considering retiring. He said he never really considered retiring. He said what he does every year, not just this past year, is I, I wait till my body heals, and then I ask myself, do I want to do this again? And he said, I, you know, the answer was a resounding yes. He said, I, I love uh, battling with these guys. I love the competitiveness. Uh, I love being in the locker room. There's there's nothing like that. You can't replace the camaraderie. Uh, he said, I'm, I'm not ready to give that up yet. 
he didn't mention the money, but the money's really good. Although I, he's not, I mean, the guy's got like three shirts. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> One of them's a poncho. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he, you know, he, but he's, a, he's, Gosh, I can't imagine. There's certain guys you can't imagine them not being here, like Malcolm Jenkins and Jason Kelsey. Yeah, and that MCL sprain last year, he didn't look right early on, and that's the reason. I mean, it was so clear that he was hobbled because the strength of his game is the ability to get to the next level, and he couldn't do it. Um, so I, I really thought the beginning of the season wasn't very good. I don't think it was his fault, but he just, I didn't think it was very good at the beginning. By the end of the season, I thought he healed enough that he, he looked – he looked about the same. He looked like yeah, he was incredible. Pro. I mean, he made first team All Pro. Yeah, with those injuries, yeah, what, it's incredible. What a warrior! I for a guy like that, I understand why he takes time at the end of each year to kind of look back because he's not a big guy. I mean, he's he's an undersized guy playing against huge people. You start to wonder about the toll all these injuries are going to have on him, and you start to weigh quality of life he talked about that yeah i mean you have you have to weigh that you weigh that more each year just you know what's my life going to be like after football if i keep doing this and he said some guys like to play till they you know till the wheels fall off yeah Uh, other guys you know kind of err on the side of caution he said i just take it year by year and uh, i'm glad can't blame him no yeah no uh, I mean, he's made enough money to last. I mean, he's going to his ninth year. Isn't that crazy? Jason Kelsey. That is crazy. Um, how about Zach Ertz? Do you get anything from him? You know, he, he he's not a guy that usually talks about stats or his own performance, but uh, he was pretty he was pretty fired up talking about, you know, he didn't make the all-pro team and talking about how he wants to be the not just the best tight end in football, but uh, well, the best ever. And talked about Grok retiring and how that's the – you know that's the the level he wants to be the best ever, and he's pretty clear about that. He broke the record uh, for most catches, and there's a uh, there's a pretty good chance he's not going to catch 116 balls again. Yeah, I'd take the under on that. I would take the under. I mean, he could catch he could catch 88, and people are going to be wondering what's wrong. <laughs> but it's probably better for the it's probably better for the offense. But uh, I mean, he's an incredible talent, and I was looking at the numbers. You know, we still think of him as kind of a young guy, and he is. He's 28, but if he if he repeats, if he just has his average number of yards and catches that he that he's had in his career, mm-hmm. not including his first year, I think he had thirty six or or something. But since he became a full time starter ahead of Selleck, if he just does that over the next two years, he'll be one of the top ten tight ends in football history yeah. before his thirtieth birthday in catches. It's, it's it's insane. It's funny because the numbers he's piling up are unprecedented. They really are. And I don't think we appreciate it enough. This is a guy who's putting together a Canton-type career right now. I mean, he's in the middle of what could be a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, he, he's gonna he's gonna be going on the Hall of Fame, and Eagles fans will be like, "Well, he didn't he didn't get any yards after the catch." Remember that time he didn't block Vontae's perfect? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Cincinnati. I'll, I'll tell you what he's. I think that play uh, in Cincinnati that day. And, and he's talked about this, but he's been more physical since that day. I think it's changed him. I think it has. Yeah. I think it's changed his mindset. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. Maybe it was a good thing that it happened to him. Um, but the numbers, that's the second podcast in a row. That game's come up. We were talking about Paul, the, Turner oh, the the Paul Turner. Oh, the Paul Turner game. That was the Paul Turner game. That was Paul Turner game. Yeah. We'll have to make sure we mention that Bengals game. Every, every podcast <laughs> moving forward. Yeah, you're right. Um, the one thing I are we done with these guys? You done with these three guys? Yeah, we're done with these. Guys. No, I, I did want to bring up Jalen Mills. Um, yeah, got arrested over the weekend. His his weekend was more exciting than my birthday weekend. Well, somebody tweeted out that I wish I remember who tweeted out that he was the only Philadelphia athlete to show any fight against an NBA uh, player this, oh. this week. Yikes! Rim shot. Yeah, yeah. Steve's can splice in the rim shot there, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what's what do you what do you make of it? I mean, we don't really know everything that happened. Yeah, we don't. It's troubling. You know the saying, "Nothing good happens after two a.m." No. You're in a situation. I, I mean, I, without knowing all the details, you kind of have to hold back a little bit, I guess. But I'm sure the Eagles are in fact finding mode. It's not. It's certainly not a good thing. I mean, no. um, it sounds like maybe he wasn't the aggressor in the situation. You hope that's the case. Um, the Wizards already acted pretty swiftly, um, taking care of that guy. He's off the team. Yeah. I don't know. I it, It's certainly troubling. And um, 
Jalen Mills, he's an interesting guy. He's got this persona. He's he's living a lifestyle right now. And I don't want to comment on his lifestyle that much. I don't think it's my place. But you just wonder. He's he's so young. He's on his rookie deal. You hope the focus is there. You know, I, I, I think it is. But it's hard to tell, right? Do you think he has a job locked up? These guys started on a Super Bowl championship team, but when you look at the talent they have a cornerback, yeah, I, I don't think there's a lock that he's. I don't know if he's a complete lock. I think there's a. I, I, if I had a bet on it, I would say he's on the team. Because, I would agree with that. And, and I still think that they might start him because sure. Jim Schwartz just really seems to like him. Um, but he didn't hurt help himself over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, any little thing like this, if it's close, you just can't. You just can't put yourself in that situation. Um, for his sake, I hope that it comes out and the Eagles learn that, you know, he didn't really do anything. He got it caught up in a bad spot, and that's what it was. If a guy came after him, yeah, if it was self-defense, yeah, well, exactly. And I think we'll find out those details soon. Yeah, uh, you know, hopefully at least the Eagles figure that out and, and can kind of move forward from there because you would hate to see um, a young kid ruin his career with some stupid stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean – yeah, yeah. I, it's I I don't want to be too judgmental without really knowing exactly what happened. I just think that's always the best way to proceed, whether it's Michael Bennett or Jalen Mills or or whoever. Nigel Bradham. Nigel Bradham. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Um, they've they've got to fact find a little bit and kind of figure out what happened there because none of us really know what happened. Um, I I was proud of my tweet though. Which one was that? Did you say that? I blocked you. <laughs> um, I said, without the context of sports, Jalen Mills fought a wizard is a much cooler sentence. That's good. Yeah, I was proud of that. Yeah. It is. That's true. Yeah. Uh, can I tell you all about the um, the NBC Sports Gold Philly Pass? Uh, it's something, and this is great because we have so many listeners outside the Philadelphia area. And what this does is it lets you watch all our pregame coverage, postgame coverage, quick slants, uh, pregame for Flyers, Sixers, Eagles, and Phillies. And all you have to do to find out about it and go sign up is go to NBCSports.com slash PhillyPass. And we have a promo code for you exclusively from our podcast. It's the Eagle Eye promo code, Eagle Eye, and that takes 5 bucks off the annual price of the NBC Sports Gold Philly Pass, and hopefully you have many more Sixers pregame and postgame shows to watch because after uh, after Saturday, uh, I'm not feeling too good about that basketball team. I still think they win the series. I do too, but I'm not. I'm not as uh, yeah. I'm not as confident either. And and, and and more. I don't want to get too deep into the Sixers, but I'm I'm concerned beyond this series because when you have a a centerpiece of your franchise who has knee issues. That are that bad, and a seven footer at that. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a concern. Yeah, it is. Well, that's a concern. Check out Sixers Talk, by the way. Yeah, and I tell you what, they do a great job. Uh, Danny Pomels and Paul Hudrick. Yeah, they've been doing a good job. It's it's been fun listening to them, and I don't have to bother Paul as much anymore because I used to just text him Sixers questions, and now he kind of covers all that. Oh yeah, in the pod, so I don't have to bother him as much. I know he likes that. Yeah, well, check it out wherever you go to uh, download and listen to podcasts, and and while you're there. Make it, you know, feel free to comment on ours. Yeah. Because uh, we always appreciate comments, good and bad. Mainly good. Mainly good, please. But, but yeah, but we learn from the bad ones. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we, we, yeah right. We don't <laughs> learn anything. I've been telling fewer bad jokes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you, do you, what do you think of, what do you think of mock drafts, Dave? I like mock drafts. I mean, they're fun. They're just fun. I don't think you can take them too seriously. How do you feel about mock drafts? Here's my issue. And Dave and I have mock drafts that we're about to share with you guys. And I put a lot of effort and a lot of thought into it. <laughs> no, I did. I did. Here's, here's the thing. Every team drafts the best available player, or they say they do. I mean, that's most teams' approach. But people that do mock drafts are basically doing it for need. It's like, well, this team needs a defensive end, so that we're going to give them this guy. Yeah. So by nature, mock drafts are are wrong because the people that do mock drafts have a whole different approach than the teams that are drafting the players. Yeah, I agree. I and the problem is we don't really know the teams' approaches. Exactly. We never know. We don't know what they're because a after lot of, the first few picks. a lot of teams they say they draft best player available, 
but they don't. I mean, some draft best player available um, weighing positions differently. Some draft best player available weighing need Mm -hmm. differently. Um, So you have to take that into account. Uh, It's fun, though. I I don't know. It's just fun. They're never right, obviously. What else is so popular that's always wrong? TV weather reports? (laughs) It's true, isn't it? It's the highest... Highest rated part of a, t- of a news broadcast, yeah. but they're always wrong. Yeah. So I guess people just like wrong information. <laughs> I guess. Which is why our podcast is so popular. Uh. No, I just, I, I don't know. But I, I did I did work hard on this because I, I knew, you know, I know you're, you're a draft, Nick, and you're really into this stuff. I've it's funny. I watched I a spend, lot of film. I don't watch as much college football as I used to, so I spend so much time after the season trying to play catch-up. Last year it was like impossible because yeah. because of the Super Bowl run, but this year I, I have a pretty good sense, I think. All right. Uh, so how do you want to do this? You want to just start uh, at number one? We'll just kind of discuss each pick real quick. Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, well, uh, I think we probably both have the same first pick. Uh, yeah, I went Kyler Murray. Yeah, I did too. Quarterback Oklahoma. Yes. What do you think of him? Interesting he's an guy. I mean, he is. He he's certainly undersized, uh, but he's fun to watch. He's a fun player. I. Th- I think he can be a good pro. I think there's the one question if I were an NFL team evaluating Kyler Murray, I'd want to make sure he's committed to football long term because I don't want him in two years if things go badly to say, sorry, I'm I'm out. I'm going to go play baseball. I need to know that he's 100 percent in for the long haul. Yeah, he starts taking a few hits. And all of a sudden, you know, playing center field might <laughs> sound really exactly. nice. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think, and, and I actually, I think Haskins will be the best pro quarterback to come out of this. I draft. like Haskins the most of these guys too. All right, so we'll get to him. Yeah. Uh, number two, Niners. I went Nick Bosa. Uh, I th- I just think he's a sure thing out of Ohio State. Uh, I think he's a better prospect than his brother was a few years ago. If I'm the 49ers, that that's an easy one for me. Do you think uh, there's been a lot written about, you know, all his tweets and stuff and his his, yeah, I mean, San Francisco is the most progressive city probably in the country, other than maybe Berkeley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there a concern there? How, how is he gonna How is he gonna play in San Francisco? I don't know. It's funny because it's become a bigger story now that he deleted it than I it might sure. have become. Yeah. If he didn't, I I think you can chalk it. I mean, you chalk it up to. Him maybe not realizing um, Young guy. The, the impact that his political beliefs and leanings could have. Um, and maybe he'll keep his beliefs to himself. I would hate to, to fault the kid for having a, a political belief, you know, but um, certainly in that in that market it might not fly as well. So I, I think it'll all be forgiven when he goes out and gets 11, 12 sacks. In a couple of years. All right, let's go to. Uh, you think you convinced he's a real solid guy, player wise? Player wise, yeah, yeah, I really like yeah. him. I, I think he's um, the next guy on my board. Might have more upside, but to me, Bosa's Bosa's just solid. All right, Jets are up next. Yeah, I have them going. Josh Allen, edge from Kentucky. Same. Do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, I really thought about Quinn and Williams here, but I I think the the, just the exciting factor of Josh Allen with the potential to be a premier edge guy puts him over the top for me. All right, and you mentioned Quinn and Williams, who I think is going to be – I think he's going to end up being a better player, the uh, the Alabama D-tackle. Who, who do you have the Raiders? I, I had them taking Williams, and he might be the best player in this draft. He's I, I think stud. he's a stud. I think he's a sure thing. So uh, the Raiders would probably be pretty happy if it falls that way. All right, and then hopefully next, we have the same. same I know we'll have all thirty-two here. the same. This would be awful. I actually, you hacked into your laptop and <laughs> just stole your list. Uh, Bucks are up next at number five. Uh, I have them taking. I'm, you go first this time. I, I got Devin I White from uh, LSU. Okay, we're different now. All right, it, that makes a lot of sense. They they um, they lost uh, their who they lose no um, they lost uh, oh what's his name their linebacker Alexander, Alexander thank you. Um, Quan Alexander, they lost. Who's actually a good friend of Jalen Mills to tie it back in. Um, that makes sense at at five. I have to go Montez Sweat, edge from Mississippi State. Uh, tested really well at the combine. I thought he really um, kind of separated himself 
and, and put himself in the top 10. The tape isn't as dominating as I'd like to see, but in, in this case, um, I kind of put Edge above one because I just think that position is more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I have him at five. Uh, I the Giants are up next. You know Dave Gettleman's going to – I don't think they're going to take a quarterback, but I had to give him one in my mock just because it's – I did it, too. It's embarrassing. And I had this thing going off the rails right now. I had them taking Daniel Jones from Duke, which is not what I would do. I, just absolutely not what I would do. But when I was doing this, I thought about what I would do, and then I, I, I pictured Dave Gettleman and his hate of computers, and yeah. I, I said, no – I think they're going to kind of go outside the box and take a guy way too high and go with Daniel Jones. Well, I got him taking Haskins. Uh, it's never going to happen because that would give him a real quarterback. <laughs> and I, I think Haskins would be really good, a really good professional. He hasn't played a lot. I mean, he really only played one full season, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, he's yeah. He's of got the quarterbacks, the I like him the most. Let's get to Jacksonville at number seven. Got to protect Nick Foles. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I went with the Florida O-tackle, uh, Juwan Taylor. I did, too. You did, too. He's yeah. the best of the class. And it just makes sense. Yeah, I, I think he's a surefire top 10 pick. Um, you plug him in at left tackle, you don't think about it for the next 10 years. I think he's that good. I know our number eight picks uh, to the Lions are different because I took uh, Montez Sweat there. Okay. Um, I kind of went along the same line of thinking. I took Brian Burns, uh, who is another really intriguing edge player he, he's he's like long and lanky he, he really looks like josh sweat who was his teammate at florida state probably an unfair comparison because burns is a, a better prospect but he's kind of freakish like that like that freak long athlete he looks like clowny a little bit uh, i think he has the potential to be really good in this league it's incredible how and, and uh... I have five of my first and I picks are defensive linemen because uh, at number nine I have the Bills taking Ed Oliver. I'm all, I'm along the same lines here. I have Rashawn Gary from Michigan. Uh huh. Well, I'm I got him going soon. We're gonna have to do a little uh, scoreboard watching. Yeah, sure. Come draft night. Um, I have a story for you. A few years ago, when I was covering the Texans, they I had, knew there was gonna be a Houston. Story. They had a uh, pick twenty-seven, and I got one right in the entire first-round mock. Uh-huh. But. It was the Texans at 27. Oh, really? I, I nailed the DeAndre Hopkins pick. That's that's all they're going to remember. Yeah, that's all that matters. Get that pick. Uh, we up to number 10, uh, Denver. We go QB here? Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Drew, Drew Locke. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's To me, this is one of those where, there's, change all where there's smoke, there's fire situations. Yeah. There, there's been a ton of smoke around Broncos and, and Locke, so I, I tend to think there's something there. It sure makes sense. Uh, at 11, I went with the other Devin, Devin Bush, Michigan linebacker. This is funny. This is where I, we went, I went with the Devin, too. I went with Devin White. Uh, falling a little bit here to 11, uh, but I, I like the Bengals taking a linebacker here. It makes sense. Uh, at 12, I'm going to make you go first here. Sure. I went Jonah Williams, offensive tackle from Alabama. I think this is a possibility for tight end here. Yeah, that's what I, I went. Hawkinson. Yeah, um, I I get that. Uh, again, I went with importance of position, and to me, Williams, I think is a better overall prospect and at a more important position. I remember when the Eagles took Keith Jackson in '88, mm-hmm. uh, in the first, I mean, really high in the first round. And he was a top 15 pick, and I, I thought they were crazy because he'd caught like 16 passes at Oklahoma. Yeah. And then he went on to be like the greatest tight end, and he had the greatest rookie year ever. By it, he caught like eighty-one balls as a rookie, and had a you know had a five Pro Bowl season uh, career. Um, and I just uh, to this day, I mean, if because uh, you don't really think of a lot of tight ends in the first round, but uh, if you get the right guy, man, he can yeah. he can change your franchise absolutely. Especially these two that are going to probably be first rounders this year, <laughs> really good prospects. Harder to go wrong with them. Number thirteen, I, I've got uh, the Dolphins taking Rashawn Gary, who you already had. He's already off your board. Mm-hmm. The Michigan uh, defensive lineman is my sixth defensive lineman in thirteen picks. Yeah, no, I, I mean, and it makes sense. This class is it really is deep. It's gonna be fun to see how these guys all evolve because some of them aren't gonna be good players, and yeah. just by numbers, yeah. just by numbers. Um, I have Dwayne Haskins going here uh, to the Dolphins. They just need a quarterback, and and if they sit there at thirteen and get Dwayne Haskins, that's a good day. No, no doubt about it. Uh, at fourteen, I'm I'm going D line again. Me too. 
I know we have different picks because I put Ed Oliver here. I got Christian Wilkins here. Okay. Clemson. Ed Oliver. I just have no idea. I I think he's a top 10 talent, but I, teams, I think, view him differently. And I think there's a chance that if the right team isn't that high up and they don't like him, he could fall to 14. How many wide receivers do you have in your first round? Um, Two. Okay, I have one. And he comes at 15? He comes at 15. I this the... is such a, a Redskins pick. I know we picked the same one here. We picked Metcalf. Metcalf, yeah. yeah. This is such a Washington thing. It is, isn't it? I think Metcalf's either going to be really good or he's going to stink, and I don't think there's going to be an in-between. And I don't know which he's going to be. I think he's going to stink. I think there's a really good chance that. I, honestly, Especially if he goes to the Redskins. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't, you don't think Case Keenum can get in the ball? I don't think Case Keenum can get anybody the ball. It's funny. Metcalf... He really is boomer bust because he does. He he's just this giant dude, who the athleticism is there, but he can't bend. He has no bend. He doesn't run a like his teammate AJ Brown. To me, is a better prospect. He runs every route. He can play inside. He can play outside. Uh, Metcalf just doesn't do enough for me. That's fair. Number sixteen Panthers. What do you got? I went Cleveland Farrell uh, from Clemson. Another guy who I think is a sure thing. In this draft, um, another watch him watch him be the best of this bunch. That wouldn't surprise me, not one bit. Uh, the Panthers can use some help there. Uh, Julius Peppers retired at the age of eighty-five, <laughs> so they can replace. What him. a career he had! Incredible. Uh, I had the Panthers taking Andre Dillard, the uh, the big OT from sure. Washington State. That'd be a, a fine pick. I have a little bit of questions about him, um, but he's the most pass pro ready. Yeah, I mean, he's not much of a run blocker. Well, yeah, he but, didn't have the chance at Washington State. No, they, 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 they threw the ball like five times more often than they ran it. Yeah. But that's a lot of pass pro reps. That's Mike Leach. Yeah. Who's best friends with Marty Morningweg, which tells you everything. <laughs> uh, I remember Mike Leach showing up at Lehigh once with uh, with Marty. Really? Yeah, and uh, he was going through all that, all his issues, and uh, but he couldn't have been nicer. He was hanging out in front of the uh, – Fieldhouse chatting with us. Cool. So I got uh, Cleveland Farrell at 17 going to the Giants. Okay. Um, I have Devin Bush here, linebacker from Michigan. Um, I, just, I think he's just a difference maker kind of player. And I have the top pass rushers off the board. I think that would make sense for the Giants. Farrell would make a ton of sense. I just don't think he's going to be there. No, he probably won't, but uh, that'd be a great pick for them. So it probably won't happen. <laughs> I agree. What do you got? Edelman might just forget to pick. He might just pass. <laughs> the Giants have forfeited the 17th pick. At Remember 18th, the Vikings did that? Speaking of the next pick. They did. Uh, I'm going Jonah Williams, who uh, okay, sure. you already had, the, the Alabama guard. Going uh, Jonah Williams at 18. To I have Hawkinson going here, Okay, which is kind of a luxury pick because they still have Kyle Rudolph. Um, but I I I have I understand that I and I think there's going to be a trend now more twelve personnel in the league. The Eagles are certainly going to do it this year with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard more. And Hawkinson's just a really solid player. That would give their offense an impressive dynamic. Oh, that sounds fancy. <laughs> uh, I got three tight ends in the first round, and I've got uh, the Titans taking Noah Fant, the Iowa okay. Iowa kid. Iowa tight ends are always good. Um, at nineteen. I got Noah Fant, second of three tight ends. Sure, I have him coming in in a second. Uh, Chris Lindstrom, for me, is the pick. Offensive guard from Boston College. Uh, it's interesting, Mike Vrabel's son played at BC with Lindstrom. I just think he's going to be a solid type of player. I, I, I don't know um, what the ceiling is there, but I know from day one he can step in and start. You know how I feel about Boston College interior linemen. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, They have a, a great history, so you should feel that way. And speaking of great history, Noah Fon at 20 for me going to the Steelers. I got the Steelers going cornerback. Uh, Byron Murphy, the Washington Oh, kid. he's your first corner off the board. He's my first corner. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and then we're getting close to 25. It's exciting, isn't it? It is. Getting close to, to the Eagles pick. Uh, at 20, I got the uh, – or at 21, Seahawks. By the way, how about Russell, this Russell Wilson stuff, speaking of Seattle? It's crazy. Ru- they got to pay that guy. They got to. What are you doing? Yeah. He's, he's a top three. He's a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, he's a hall, of and famer. he's still young. He is. He just turned thirty. He's never missed. A I remember because I remember I, in the middle of last season, he went from my under thirty <laughs> top five quarterbacks of the week to over thirty yeah. in the middle of the season. And he's going to be on that before. list for a while. Yeah, he never missed a game. Yeah, I, I really like that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's I, he's fun to watch. Um, so uh, I've got Brian Burns, uh, another D end, 
Another pass rusher, Florida State kid at 21 to Seattle. I like him. I had him way earlier. and I Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a reach. Did you? Yeah. I don't think so. I, th- I think he's going to be really good. Um, but that's what happens when you have so many good defensive linemen. Yeah, sometimes in the draft. they fall. Yeah, you can get absolutely. a really good one late in the in the first round. Yeah, which might happen very soon. Um, at twenty one, I have uh, Greedy Williams. He's my first corner off the board from LSU. He's a big tall kid, and and we know how the Seahawks feel about tall corners. I think he's the best of the bunch. Another Byron Maxwell. Is that what you're saying? Not quite. He wasn't tall. Uh, he wasn't anything. At least <laughs> when he got here. Uh, Ravens are up next. Uh, Garrett Bradbury, North Carolina State Look, Center. I had this too. That's the same one I have. Really? This is just a Ravens pick. Yeah. I know Ozzy isn't there anymore. Ozzy Newsom isn't there anymore. But this is just a Ravens pick. They're going to get a really good player here who's going to start for them for 10 years. Yeah, you're right. Um, I got the Texans taking a guy who I, I really wanted him to fall to 25 because I think he'd be great for the Eagles. Uh, Cody Ford, the, uh, another interior lineman. Sure, yeah. Uh, but I, I, he's, I, he's, not, he's not going to. He might go before 23. I think there's a chance. You think there's a chance he falls to 25? Yeah, yeah, okay. I do. Uh, I had them taking Andre Dillard here, the Texans. Uh, either way, they need offensive line help. They've kind of neglected it way too much. They really have. Uh, under the Bill O'Brien regime. It, it's It's been kind of a mess down there. they got to protect. They have a young, talented quarterback. they got to protect him, and, and they got to do it with this pick. 24 is the Raiders' second pick, and mm-hmm. uh, I haven't taken a guy who a lot of mocks have the Eagles taking. Um I'm not convinced he's going to be a great pro. Josh Jacobs oh, running back in Alabama. This. Really? I took him too. Uh, really? Al Davis is going to – This gonna, is scary. There's not that many. We haven't had the same ones in a while. Um, yeah, I, I like Josh Jacobs, but um, – I don't he, like him. You don't like him at all? No. I don't think there's anything special about him. I, I think he does everything well. I think he's a three-down back. Um, he doesn't have the explosion that I, I think a lot of people look for in a first-round first back, but he is really solid, and this is a pick that – even without Al Davis there, it seems very Raiders to, to take a running back. Yeah. I think he could be, he could be like a Wendell Smallwood type. And with three first-round picks, you can kind of have a luxury first-rounder. You know, you're going to get solid starters with those other two. I think you can afford to gamble a little bit. Uh, that takes us to number 25. Give us your Eagles pick. I went with Christian Wilkins. Um, look, I think he's better than the 25th overall pick. But in this class, I think there's a real chance a really talented guy falls, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him there at 25. And even if he's not, a modest trade-up might do it. He fits so well with what they need. Um, Has a winning background. Winning background. He, you know, he he played the three technique in college, which is what Fletcher Cox plays here. But he can play the one. He can. He's a big enough body. I think he can clog up a little bit. He's good against the run. He does it all. The only knock on Christian Wilkins, he's 23, um, and generally the Eagles have they've really liked when they can draft guys who are younger, like Danny Watkins. Well, who's I mean, 40 when they drafted. He, I mean, in this in the last because fire school took you know like 12 years. <laughs> the last three years, I mean, but that was a lesson for them too. Yeah. Um, you know, Derek Barnett is still younger than Christian Wilkins. Right. And he's played two years, right. so. Um, but aside from that, he's almost a perfect, completely perfect fit for the Eagles. I got the Eagles going uh, interior O-line. And, you know, Kelsey's coming back. Uh, but, you know, Brandon Brooks with that injury, we, he's just an unknown left guard is up in the air. I just think they really need a stud interior, you know, really solid guy who could play guard center uh, to build around. I went with Lindstrom, the Boston College kid. Okay. Uh, I, I just think he makes a lot of sense. I think at 25 – uh, he'll probably be one of the better players out there, and he fits a, a real need. So I, I went Chris Lindstrom. He'd be the first interior lineman the Eagles have taken from Boston College since Doug Brzezinski. Okay. I thought you were just going to give me interior lineman. I was going to nail the Danny Watkins. Oh, no. No, let's not talk about him. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's move on to the final few picks. What do you got the Colts doing at 26? Jerry Tillery, Notre Dame. I think that's also a possibility for the Eagles. It's interesting the Eagles have the pick – Ahead of the Colts, and they have a lot of the same needs. Yeah, um, I think I like Tillery there. I think he's a solid player. I don't think he's as good as Wilkins or Oliver uh, or Rashawn Gary, but but he's a pretty good player. I got them going D tackle with the uh, Clem, another Clemson kid, Dexter Lawrence. Mm, okay, uh, I, I think the Colts are going to go uh, defensive. A bigger line guy, there. more of a run stuffer, but he, yeah, he, he's athletic for his size for yeah. sure. Yeah, he's a good player. Uh, Raiders third pick. Now this is not a Raiders pick because it's really smart. 
Um, Dalton Risner from Kansas State. Uh, I think this is a possibility for the Eagles, too, because he's so versatile. He can play every position on the line. He can. I think he can be a starter, um, certainly a guard, possibly a tackle in the future. I, I really like him. I, I think he's going to have a good career. I got the Raiders going DeAndre Baker. Corner. Georgia cornerback. Okay. Yeah. Second corner off the board. Second corner off the board. Okay. And then I got Tillery going to the Chargers at twenty-eight. Okay. I have Cody Ford here, um, probably late for him. Yeah. Honestly, um, that would be a great pick for them if they sit at twenty-eight and get Cody Ford. That would. I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, Chiefs at twenty-nine. I went DeAndre Baker here. Me I think too. They... I just put him for both. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> kidding. I thought you messed up. No. Okay. Who do you have? Uh, I have the Chiefs going Jalen Ferguson. Oh, okay. So yeah. Louisiana Tech. Yeah, another. He's interesting. Another he's a pass guy, rusher. He's a guy who who like who could sneak into the first round, but I also think he could be there when the Eagles pick at fifty three. I I I don't really have a good sense of where he's going to go. Well, our our I think our boy's going to take him there at at twenty nine. Uh, last few picks thirty. I got the uh, the Packers. Uh, Brett Veach, by the way. Uh, certainly, what what a great story. I mean, yeah, Brett, really. Brett Veach has he's the Chiefs general manager. Looks like he's about twelve years old. Uh, he's done an incredible job. I mean, I think this is gonna be a tough year for the Chiefs, uh, just because I think the rest of the division is getting better. But we'll see what Big Red has up its sleeve. You think Big Red's ever gonna ever gonna win a Super Bowl? I hope so. I'd like to see it. I think most of Philadelphia would like to see it now too. Now that the Eagles have theirs, yeah, I think people would root for Andy in a he, uh, in a Super Bowl. His career is so strange. He's a Hall of Famer to me. Without a Super Bowl, yeah. I think the the coaching tree is so unique. You, the, I always say, can, can you write the history of football without this guy? You can't. Not without Andy Reid. Look at all these coaches he's produced. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Is yeah. I don't know if the voters take that into account. They should. I don't know. Yeah, they should. Uh, so, uh, so the Packers. I got taken the uh, Delaware kid, the safety Adderley. Okay. Uh, some sort of distant relative of Herb Adderley. Cousins or yeah, nobody's really quite sure. Yeah, uh, but they are related, and apparently they're they're close. They you know Herb is kind of taking him under his wing mm-hmm. a little bit. I remember when Herb used to be around the Eagles' offices a lot. Uh, he lives at the shore, um, and he he was always uh, he was always around just talking to the players and stuff. But I, I think uh, he he's a great story. You know, you always like those local kids. I mean, Delaware's not you know, the Delaware's put out some pretty good players. Yeah, sure for. You know, a, a mid-major-type school. FCS yeah. program. It's really good. Rich Gannon. Yeah. Um, I went Jonathan Abram from Mississippi State. I think he's a top safety. Um, Adderley is close. I, I could have gone with Adderley here. Uh, a few other guys I could have gone with, I went with Abram. Rams, I got Jeff Simmons, D-tackle, another de- defensive lineman, Mississippi State. Oh, the injured guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, that's not a bad pick for them. I mean, they're a pretty good team. They can wait it out. That's what I'm thinking. They, yeah. You know, nobody really quite knows when he'll be available, but – when you're the Rams, he's I mean, really good. Yeah, you have I mean, that he would have been, he would have been a perfect fit for the Eagles. I, I just don't think they can do it this year, right? Um, especially so close to the Sidney Jones one, right? I mean, you got to, you got to get something. It would be the same sort of deal. You just, mm-hmm. you're not going to get anything from them immediately, but you, you might have a huge payoff down the road. Exactly. Um, Dexter Lawrence here for me. Uh, he would come in replace Indomitian Sue. Uh, he would be really good there. I think he's going to be a good pro. He, he's not as flashy as some of these players, but uh, he's a bigger body. And honestly, I know people say he doesn't fit with the Eagles, and that's partially true, but I think he could. I think he would be a nice compliment to Fletcher Cox. I wouldn't rule him out at 25. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, last pick of the first round is a guy whose father I covered uh, in South Jersey, covering high school football back in the day. Do I know this? Irv Smith Jr., Oh, okay. Tied in from uh, Alabama. Irv gotcha. Smith, uh, Pemberton High School, was a first-round pick of the Saints uh, after a great career at Notre Dame. His brother uh, played professional baseball in South Bend. They were both in South Bend at the same time, which is interesting. Uh, and then actually went back and played football later in his life and was on the Eagles practice squad, Eddie Smith. That's cool. Uh, so, And their, their cousin was Alonzo Spellman, first-round pick of the uh, Bears out of Ohio State. Pretty good. Pedigree there. Pretty good family right there. Yeah. So, Irv uh, Smith Jr. My 32nd pick. And obviously, the Patriots need – I mean, they lost a pretty good tight end. They did. Uh, who was that guy? <laughs> well, they lost two, but oh. – <laughs> uh, Moving on. Uh, <laughs> I went Marquise Brown. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Oklahoma Tim, receiver. He's is that, is that your first receiver? Second. Second. I have Metcalf. Right. At uh, fifteen. I the most exciting player in this draft. He is he's Deshaun Jackson two point He's yeah. so much fun. Uh, the Patriots tried with Josh Gordon. It didn't work out. Um, Brandon Cooks gave them that element, but Marquise Brown, if if he can be Deshaun Jackson, you take him. I mean, he he can be that kind of dynamic player. Uh, a lot of guys have come out, and they were supposed to be Deshaun, and they haven't been. So I guess there's that fear. You know, John Ross was supposed to be Deshaun. That hasn't worked out. But Brown, I like him. I, I really think he'd be good in the NFL. I'd like to see a study of all the guys who've run, like, the fastest 40 times at the Combine, all the, you know, the, the super, you know, the fourth yeah. three, four guys, and, and just kind of take a look at all of them and how many, what percentage panned out. It's interesting. Because – Having pure speed, we we know this does not translate. You got to be able to track a ball. Exactly. You got to have is, that toughness. For me, Marquise Brown did it. I mean, we've seen two years at Oklahoma where he was the best deep threat in the nation, um, and maybe it's a good thing he was injured and he couldn't perform at the combine because he can't be that failure story now. This guy ran a four three at the combine. He, he never true. ran. Well, there's our first round. Did you ready to start the second round? <sighs> Steve's gonna have a heart attack. Uh, no, that's good. That was fun. That was good. I think we're uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty close. We'll tally it up, and, and uh, we'll we'll have a a scoreboard for after yeah. after the the first round. Yeah, we can uh, we could do a story on the website and make fun of each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got anything else? No, but we've got the schedule coming out soon, and as soon as it does. Uh, we're going to do a podcast and talk about how that all lines up. Yeah. Uh, it, hopefully, and we think it'll be later this week. So Yeah, that'd be good. Um, on Wednesday, uh, and if it's already Wednesday and you're listening to this, it's up now. Uh, my Jason Peters story drops 10-year anniversary of the Jason Peters trade. Uh, this this is taking me a little while to put this together. And this is great. You guys are going to love this story that Dave did. It's basically, yeah. and, it, and Dave makes a great point in that this is the greatest trade in Eagles history. They got a Hall of Famer. They got a Hall of Famer, uh, and a guy who's really anchored left tackle through you know the the, the past decade, and you know, has had some injury problems later in his career. But Dave, kind of, how many people did he talk to? About twelve. Yeah, probably around there. And he did an oral history of what led to the trade, how the trade was executed, uh, what it's meant. Really, you kind of it was it was pretty deep dive into the Jason Peters trade. You yeah, guys are going to love hope people reading. People like it. Uh, yeah. That drops Wednesday. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to that. All right, thanks, everybody, for listening. Eagle Eye Podcast. Don't forget to rate us wherever you go to listen to and download podcasts. And check out our Sixers podcast and our Phillies podcast as well uh, with Corey and Jim Salisbury. And Ricky, I guess, does does that as well. Ricky Bo. Uh, I bet Ricky Bo does most of the talking. I'm just, just a hunch. <laughs> uh, and I bet those average over three hours, but that's another point. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys in the next couple days once the schedule comes out. Thanks for listening.